Hello and welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cami Scott, and today I'm joined by singer, songwriter, and my friend, Mickey Ratsua. They are not only an incredibly talented musician, but also incredibly talented at being vulnerable and authentic, sharing their personal journey of self-discovery with their online following. Mickey and I discuss pronouns, being non-binary, and their upcoming top surgery, which actually, as you're listening to this, has already happened. So enjoy the episode, and as always, if you do, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Congrats on your deal, your record oh, deal. thank you. Thank you. I always forget about it because, like, everything's through Zoom right now and stuff, obviously. So, like, I haven't met anybody, but, like, yeah. I had a Zoom with them, like, the other day, and there was, like, 30 people, and, like, it'll be cool to, when I can, like, actually go to the office and stuff, but... It's like people remind me and then like I forget that I have like team like a team of people I have to like talk to now mm-hmm. and then like I'm like oh yeah like I have like a like I'm signed to a label now but like I haven't met anybody like it's yeah. all just been like virtual so it doesn't it hasn't hit me yet so yeah but, you but thank a you whole ass team behind you now yeah it's like they'll be like um why didn't you tell us about this one thing I'm like I forgot you exist like I forgot <laughs> I have that resource now yeah it's but gonna it's be good. an adjustment after doing it all on your own for so long but it's right? huge it's so exciting yeah, and once COVID's like gone and done, like it'll all like kind of settle together and like being able to like release music and stuff, like that'll mm-hmm. be cool. Are you working on an album right now? Yeah, I have my album ready. Um, I'm just in the middle oh, it's of ready like, to go. Yeah, I'm like getting them all the songs like mixed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have like 16 songs. So like we're just planning on um doing like figuring out like which ones are the singles and stuff. Cause I think we'll do like a few singles and maybe like not the end of the year get the album out. Um, so like it's pushed back from like what I wanted to do, but like, obviously like I'd rather do it through a label than by myself. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I have like the whole album ready and stuff just, and like the title and everything just trying to like make it like, you know, now that they're here, they need to like get involved into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like plan stuff with me, but it is ready. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, like, I've just been sitting on these, this music since like quarantine started. So I'm just like, please, I just want to release it already. Yeah. I feel it's like it's, an, it's kind of an interesting time of being with a record label because I feel like you're at a point in your life where you are the most you and the most like unapologetically you with the world, but then, and that's probably going to translate in your music, but then you're also having other people's opinions put yeah. on this music. That is the most you ever. Right. So, it's been difficult not difficult it's just been like it's interesting because obviously like like you said like people are going to have opinions and mm-hmm. um you know be like how queer actually do you want to be publicly and I'm like well um you question. know yeah it's like it's like kind of like you know obviously no one's like Nick, you can't be openly queer but it's like also understanding like how the world works unfortunately mm-hmm. and like the industries and stuff so um that's like been like the biggest like thing that we kind of joke about but um Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool that like this music is, I think, like the most like real that I've ever gotten like across like all the things in my life. So um, it's like it's good timing. And like obviously with like my top surgery and stuff, like all the visuals that we're making, like I can finally if I didn't if I did earlier, like I feel like I would be like unhappy and all that stuff. So it'd be cool that everything's kind of coming together. Yeah. And I feel like you you are the exact person I think this world needs to see because not only has there not been a lot of queer representation in the music industry, but I feel like you are such a good example of not having to fit in a specific box and that your your boxes can kind of overlap, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that, that it's makes like sense. It, if if you're gay, that doesn't mean you have to be like 100% this. If you're queer, you right. don't have to be 100% this. If you're non-binary, you're not 
also trans, like you are, yeah. I think you're such a good example of showing that like, you're just making those decisions for what's right with you, whether that's been shown in other people before or not, you're just going, mm-hmm. okay, who's Mickey? Who do I want to be? This is, this is who I am. And I think that must be even more difficult to get big companies behind you and it, but it's so much more important. Yeah. And I, I like thought about that too. It's like, like fortunately there are people who like either just want to work with me just, you know, to say they did or like, mm. like at the end of the day, like if people, if people are going to be rubbed the wrong way, if I'm like very openly queer, don't want to work with me. Well, I'm like, I don't want to work with them in the first place. Like I'd rather work with people who genuinely like care about what I'm doing, care about what I you know have to say. And, you know, if they're going to, if it's just going to be fake anyways, like, why would I do that? I feel like it just goes against everything that like, you know, queer people fight for is like, I don't want to just like do this like half-assed representation, like be used, you know, I'd like actually want to do it if it's going to make a difference. And like with people who give a shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that you are, you guys can't see right now, but you are wearing your pronouns on your shirt. Oh yeah, my day them you- <laughs> that bitch shirt. I, I love the that bitch added on at the end. <laughs> I, I was looking at like um stuff on Amazon and like I was like, let me just see if there's any like non-binary stuff. And like I hate to say it, but so many of them are so just like not tasteful and like just mm-hmm. gross. Like yeah. like who made this? And then I saw this, I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Um and so like I sometimes I wear it like, you know, we live in Orange County, so like feel like we either are with people who are like super cool or people who are like mm-hmm. obviously not mm-hmm. um but like I love wearing it's like the grocery store and stuff and everyone's like oh like yeah I know I know but it's okay it's so fun it's, like it's ruffling some feathers and just I love getting- it <laughs> like I've gone to a point where like I don't know like I will like sometimes I, I I've like always been super competitive and like I like kind of like making people like get upset I don't I like don't like conflict but like you there's like a part of me like pot a little I do. I do. Like, I think like things don't change if you don't do that. And like, um, I used to be really, it's funny, like I'm scared of conflict Mm -hmm. in a sense of like, I don't like confronting people, Mm -hmm. but then like, I also like to like stir the pot at the same time. So it's like, it depends on like, I think what it, what it's about. Like, if it's about me, like I love like making people upset so I can just like be like, look, Mm -hmm. this is, this is where you're a bigot right now or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, um, so I like, like when, you know, the election was happening, I wore like, I wore like my Biden Harris, like trans shirt everywhere mm-hmm. and it was so fun like just seeing people like shake their heads or something there's something enjoyable about making people uncomfortable about things that don't affect them it's fun to mm-hmm. like make people like holding a mirror up to someone and making them deal with that when like there's no reason for anyone to be uncomfortable because of any way you identify and it's funny when it when it affects someone else, it's like, you don't even know me. I think that's yeah. the kind of conflict you enjoy. <laughs> it's like, it's like a t-shirt, you know? And like, it's like, it's just, um, I don't know. It's really funny. And it's funny though. Like when I did wear it, like I had like two people who were like, nice shirt. And I was like, hell yeah. Like you're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, the grocery store we go to is like a lot of like old white people. Um, and like plenty of people have like Trump masks on or like blue lives matter masks on. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'll just walk in like with my they them that bitch shirt or like my like any trans shirt I like wear all the time to go to the grocery store like I don't know I just I like making like knowing it's affecting them because it makes me feel like I have the power exactly. and like not in like a manipulative way but like just like they think like like they forever are like the oppressors you know what I mean like so mm-hmm. it's kind of like taking that back it's like look I'm pissing you off just by existing and wearing the shirt and it's just like it's, it's like a cool feeling yeah, it is. It is exactly that. Just taking 
the power back. Um, before we get into more, I forgot to ask you the trivia question. So we always do a segment oh, here on God. <laughs> that's That's <laughs> typically the reaction. Um, don't worry. It's there. I've toned them down a little bit too. They're just very random trivia. It's just, is it multiple you know, choice? We can do multiple choices is a multiple choice. So okay. I can. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's I don't do like it. being wrong. That's my other thing. You know, that is, I don't either, but that is kind of the point of this podcast that even mm -hmm. our experts that we have on the show and myself, we don't know everything. So sometimes we have yeah. to be comfortable with admitting that we don't have all the answers. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know you might get it right. Let's see. Well, Maybe let's you see. know it all. This is where like, you'll see how competitive I actually get. They know you worded it wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. You're like, no, no. I think if you would have said it this way, I would have got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Question is in what month is earth closest to the sun? Would you like the multiple I actually think I know this one. I'm going to be honest. I don't normally what know them, but I'm pretty sure I know this. The sun? Yes. Is that what you asked? Yeah. You want? <laughs> Shall I repeat so I again? 12, I don't want I you to. I have 12 options. So technically that's multiple choice. That is true. I can narrow it down a little bit if you would like. Let's say I have a guess. Okay. Let's hear it. Can I say it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it's June because that's my birth month. So you got to just... be. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, is that like a very self-centered thing that it just has to yeah, be? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because I'm a cancer. So of course we're going to be close to the sun. Okay. I'm pretty certain. I'm going to sound like such an idiot if I'm wrong. I'm like, I know it. I know it. I think it's January because January. I we're closest in our winter months. I know that because it's like, I don't know. I care about skin and it's like, you should still wear uh, SPF yeah, even yeah. in the winter. We're closer to the sun. Be careful. I'm pretty sure it's January. So then June is probably like the furthest away, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Based on my right. logic, I probably got the most wrong answer. Well, let me see. I could be like fully lying and acting all cocky and be wrong. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm right. It is it January. January. Well, so if it was a if it was a test of like give me the most wrong answer, I got that right. Um, so at least I was like yeah. the opposite. Like it wasn't like just a a random month. If it's almost like you were as close as you could be without getting it right, though, because you just flipped it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like the summer solstice, the winter solstice, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not upset. I could You're have said like April. <laughs> You're like, I'm leaving this podcast. They're done. Done. I'm talking. <laughs> that's that's the thing that pisses me off. <laughs> you could ask the most intrusive question. Yeah. I'll be fine. But the fact that you made me look stupid. Done. Yeah. Done with me. Never going to talk to yeah, you again. Yeah, okay. So before we get into our conversation and specifically about you, I want to just clear up some definitions with people and cool. it's okay if you want to share like your personal definition of these, or if you're like, I don't really know, or don't care. Or if you want to share like the Webster definition, feel cool. free. Is um, this the I other part of the trivia? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, I just know that a lot of people, even in the queer community, have a hard time differentiating between gender identity and non-binary and being genderqueer and trans mm -hmm. and being non-binary but not trans. I know that there are a lot of people who kind of like get everything a little mixed up. Yeah. Do you have like an easy way to explain that to everyone? Yeah, I mean, I have like my own like personal anecdote and like uh, experience on it because that's the, I think that's the hard thing is like a lot of it is just umbrella terms and there's like not one way to be anything. So um, 
you know, everyone's experience is different. And so I think that's why, especially people outside the queer community, like, are like, this is so stupid because you all look different. It's like, well, yeah, that's the whole point of it. Like, <laughs> we're not all the same. Like, um, like for me, you know, you're talking about like being non-binary versus like being trans or, or whatnot. And so like when I first cut my hair like three years ago, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw it and I talked a lot about it a lot. Like when people were like, okay, you're trans, you're trans, you'll mm-hmm. figure it out. You're going to be trans. And that sucked because like it created this like internalized transphobia because it was like, I was so scared to that they were gonna that they were right because that's not what I was thinking about I wasn't even thinking about my gender identity then Mm -hmm. um and it was scary because I hadn't talked about it to anybody like my family like my girlfriend no one knew I I didn't talk about I barely talked about it to like myself um and so like you know I pushed that away I was like no no no, I'm not I'm not um and it just really frankly just pissed me off that people felt they were so entitled to my journey and defining my own journey and most of the people saying it were people in the queer community which was even more frustrating um so I think like when that happened like it built a lot of internalized transphobia so like I think like a year year and a half ago I kind of came out about like being non-binary in my pronouns and I just like one day woke up and I was like this is who I am I I just need to tell everybody because like I I don't want to I don't want to hide it anymore and so like you know like for like since I cut my hair like I was thinking about like my boobs and my dysphoria and I realized that like I've always hated them I thought it was a normal thing that like like people assigned female at birth like always hate their boobs and I realized like that's not really the case like um so then like I was like oh I just want a breast reduction you know it's just breast reduction I just want them smaller and they was like no actually want top surgery but I didn't tell anybody like I was dealing with all this stuff in my in you know within my head mm-hmm. um and just like dealing with a lot of internalized transphobia so like when I came out as non-binary um at first it was it was like I was conflicted because part of me felt like well by definition I fall under the trans umbrella like by definition my identity is trans um as well as not like non-binary under the trans umbrella but like part of me felt like I've heard so much hatred toward non-binary people where there there's been like some binary trans people usually like in the older generation who have been like you know you're taking away trans people you're you're making us look like we're not trans like so I, I felt like I was like like stepping on people's toes but I was like I can't call myself trans because people are gonna say that you know, just say shit, you know, and mm-hmm. um, kind of gatekeep me in that sense. And then part of me also had that internalized transphobia where I was like, well, I don't want to end up like proving these people like that they were right. Um, and so like, I'm still kind of dealing with that. And then I realized I was like, by definition, I am, I don't have to personally identify with that word, but like, I should understand that my identity is in that umbrella. And like, that's, you don't have to do both. Like you can acknowledge that that's just what by definition it is, but also you don't have to personally identify with that. And that's helped me a lot because um, I've, you know, I've had people reach out to me and, you know, they were concerned on the way I was talking about it. And they were like, I'm non-binary and I identify as trans. Like now I'm worried that, you know, you see me as not valid. And I was like, no, like, that's the last thing I want. And I mm-hmm. like, it made me really think within myself, like you may know yourself super well and, and really be educated on all this stuff and be super supportive you know, for yourself too, but like, there's a lot of internalized shit that like you have to deal with sometimes. And, um, it took me a while to realize that. So like going back to that, like, I understand that like my non-binary identity falls under the trans umbrella. I like personally don't fully identify that. Like I, it's, it's, I'm still working on it. Like, do I actually, like, I, I know I'm trans by definition, but like, I feel like just like saying non-binary just describes me better. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like more specific, but, um, it definitely like I understand why it's also hard for so many people to understand it because each experience is so different yeah um but yeah 
Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there that everyone everyone's experience is different and every label is just so personal to you and what it means to you and what parts of you it it impacts and means something. Um and I definitely think one of the biggest issues we have in our society with labeling and specifically in the queer community is pushing labels on other people. Like having you cut your hair and people being like, oh yeah, you're, you're trans. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. It just creates so much confusion. I mean, I remember being called a lesbian by people when I was struggling with accepting it myself. And like you said, it, it causes this internalized struggle of almost wanting to like run from that identity when other people are trying to put that identity on you. And it's, yeah, it's just so overwhelming. And also like, if people were throwing that identity on me and I wasn't that Mm -hmm. caused confusion. I don't know. I think, I think we're afraid to not understand exactly who somebody is. So people try to throw those labels on other people for their own comfort, but yeah, it's just not, it's not anyone else's place to put on someone or tell somebody that they've chosen the wrong identity. And that's not correct. It's, it's very personal. And I think we need to be treating it as so a bit more than just, it's not a job title. Yeah, like I, I was watching um, Colleen Ballinger's video the other day, the girl who does, who's like Miranda, mm-hmm. um, and her sister like just came out as gay. And she was talking about in her video that when her sister like posted and like about coming out, mm-hmm. um, all the comments were like, oh, we already knew, we already knew this type of thing. And she was talking about like how, even though the intent might be, you know, from a supportive place, like, it's like that doesn't necessarily make someone feel good because like maybe they weren't ready or they didn't know yet. And to think that like all these people are like, we already knew before you did. Um, Like, you know, you're just like late to the, whatever the phrases I'm trying to think of. Like, it's just, I don't know why people feel so entitled to someone else's identity. And like, you're right. Like it's probably for their own comfort. Like they just want to, it's like, sometimes people are so inclusive. They become exclusive by just being like, I, I, I want to support you so much. Like, please tell me all these things. Like, I know this about you so I can support you. It's like, mm-hmm. some people aren't ready. Some people don't know yet. Sexuality, um, sexual orientation, gender identity, it's all fluid. It's a journey. Um, you know, like I was, what, 20, 19 when I cut my hair. Um, like, I barely knew. I didn't even know what, like, gender identity really was. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, um, it's just, it's just it's frustrating like I don't know how to say it. it's just super frustrating because I don't know why people feel so entitled to that I just don't understand wh- like why like literally why it just doesn't make sense it make any sense yeah I don't quite understand it either it's yeah and I'm hoping that that'll change as people kind of understand and learn on their own and understand themselves but I guess we'll see um we'll, we'll get there yeah <laughs> So with your journey, I guess I'd love to hear like how things progress with you. I know that you've been so open about your own internal conflict and confusion. And I think that is so powerful. We have so many people who are just like, yeah, whether they're talking about coming out or any, any realization they make about themselves, it's always sharing like the conviction behind it and being Mm -hmm. so sure. And I think you being vulnerable and sharing the uncertainty is so powerful. I just want to hear a little bit, of course, I want to hear a little bit more about that journey for you. And I actually, I was just before our call watching your YouTube 
channel and you had like oh, your God. coming out <laughs> you had your coming out story it's, it, i went i went really really oh, deep no. Back. no oh, it's no. all great it's all great stuff though um, i'm gonna go like delete my whole youtube no though. leave it leave it <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about your coming out story and how i think kind of similar to me you really didn't think you like had one for yeah. a long time um but yeah i'd love to just hear a little bit of your journey with coming out and then and cutting your hair and what that meant to you and if it was initially just like a a style choice or if it held more weight to you from the Mm -hmm. get-go I just I think your journey is really powerful so you can speak on it however you'd like man it's like where do you even start I know (laughs) it's like the the biggest open-ended yeah I'm like like my entire existence right now um (laughs) yeah like I it's really interesting like as you come in with yourself to look back on when you were a kid mm-hmm. and I mean you saw like my video I shared the other day of like when I was like four or something and made my bathroom the boys bathroom um and looking back and like even like a few years ago I would watch a video and be like oh that's so cute but it wasn't until like literally the other day I was like oh my god that makes so much more sense yeah. now like I when I was four I just all I knew was I wasn't a girl I didn't know I, the only like when you're four especially you know back then like all I knew was like I'm not a girl so I guess the only other option in my four-year-old brain was a boy Mm -hmm. um and so or when I was like five I told my grandpa like oh no I'm a boy um and it's really interesting to look back that like even so young I had this like internal feeling of like something's off but it wasn't like a I was like so sure of it of like of course I was so sure of it when I was little and um you know you like you get older and then you know it kind of all goes away and like you're in middle school and I'm wearing like pencil skirts and stuff like that and like trying to like for one one grade in seventh grade that was like the only time I actually like I was like we all made mistakes wearing pencil skirts yeah yeah really bad um and then like like I like in high school like when I got really into like the US Women's National Team and um that was like the first real exposure I had to like gay women Mm -hmm. um and I was like a part of the fandom that was very um queer friendly Mm -hmm. um and so I remember like being exposed to and I like I had never like had interest in boys or dating or any any shit like that like um I just like kind of I would like would think about in the back of my mind like ah no it's not that's not me like I'm I'm straight um and then like eventually just like just kind of realized like I'm different and not and I was just kind of like, I don't know what it, I just know I'm not straight, but like, that's all I kind of need to know right now. And then, you know, I met my girlfriend, Hope, we've been together for like five years this month. And um, like, oh, like I said in that video, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Like, like I said in that video, like I didn't really like come out. I just like shared my relationship with her and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, there wasn't like, I am gay. Like this is, you know, the explanation. Like the first time I really came out was about my gender identity. That was like kind of like fully like, hey, this is, this is my post as me sharing my story um it was terrifying um I think it was like maybe two years ago I like posted about being genderqueer mm-hmm. um and but I still like use like I still have my bio so like she they mm-hmm. um and then it wasn't like till a year later I was like what am I doing like I, like I'm it's like deeper than this like I can actually be honest with myself and be honest with people who care about me like I know I'm very fortunate I have a you know a family who loves me and I'm safe and I have a partner who loves me like I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to be whoever I, I'm meant to be and so I just like one day woke up I was like I just need to share it with everybody like fuck it and I you know I talked to my girlfriend I was like can you just use they from now on she's like yeah sure I told all my friends I was like can you guys just try I want to hear how it sounds and it just felt so right um 
Oh, I so love I just that. Like, having them yeah. try it so you can hear it and yeah. having that support of like, I might not stick to these pronouns, but can you use them so I can see how that sits with me? That's yeah. really, I really love that. Yeah. Like a few days before I posted about it, I texted like my closest friends. I was like, can you guys like, cause I think they were coming over. So I was like, can you guys just practice using they, I want to just like see how it sounds. And it helped, it helped me a lot. So like, I highly recommend that to anyone who's like wanting to test out pronouns. If you have someone who's like, you know, safe, like have them practice with you. Um, but so that helped me a lot, but yeah, like going back to when I cut my hair, I just like had such a horrible relationship with my long hair. You know, I just, it was like falling out because I always had it back ponytail or, or bun. And I just, always made me feel so incomplete and um I've never been the person to do like big risks like cutting my hair off or something like I didn't do it I was like such a homebody safe person I was like I'm not doing anything that's going to threaten anything mm-hmm. that I know like I need my like comfort um and I think like deep inside I knew it had something to do like deeper than just that but like when I when it first happened it was like I'm just unhappy with my hair and like I knew that like I you can cut your hair it's not a bad thing to cut your hair um and then yeah like like I said like people were being really fucking awful and, and, and invasive about my gender identity after and it like really screwed me up for like a year about it like I just didn't like talking about it I mean I did but I was like I am a masculine female I was like that's what I am yeah. um and while that's a valid identity for people it wasn't what I was and I you know it's sometimes it's, it's like a little embarrassing to look back on but also I'm like it's a part of my journey it's a part of me freak like you know figure myself out um, it's an entirely valid identity that just wasn't me, but mm-hmm. in the moment I thought it was, cause I was scared of the other, you know, what else I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like really started coming into myself once, like, you know, I figured out like how to style my hair, how it fit on me. And I just kind of started exploring more of like, okay, what really does all this mean to me? Um, and then I started getting like really dysphoric about my boobs. Like I've always like hated them, but like, it was really like dysphor- dysphoria. Um, and I remember like, yeah, just like kind of hinting, like maybe I'll get a breast reduction. Um, and it was just like this one thing I'll say every once in a while, like maybe one day I'll get a breast reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't even remember like the first time I said it out loud to anybody that I wanted top surgery. Um, I think we were watching, are you the one? And Kai, who I, who I'm friends with now, um, I know Kai. had top surgery. Yeah. Kai is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I was like, I want to look like that. I was like, I, love how happy they are and how free of themselves they are like free of themselves they are and I was just like mm-hmm. I like broke down to hope I was like I want to look like that um so bad and then I was like I was you know we were crying about it because I was scared you know tell her that that's what I wanted and I, it was like but so freeing that um she was just like there for me and was like if that's what you want like I'm here for you let's do it and like of course it's scary you know to I was terrified. I have a song on my album about like being scared that she's not going to love me after my top surgery, um, which I know is not the case, but it's a fear that I've had. And, and I think it's a very valid fear. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's like, it was hard for her at first too, because, you know, you, you're with someone for so long and, you know, things are changed with my mom. It was, it was difficult. Obviously now she's great. She's like my biggest supporter, but it was hard with her too at first. Um, so it's just been a lot of like trusting myself and trusting like my gut feeling and, trusting the people in my life and you know there's people that I've talked to about it and then they're weird and I cut them out of my life like mm-hmm. I knew someone that you know I did music with and I heard that he refused to use my pronouns because he thought it didn't make sense so I was like I'm not gonna be a friend anymore that's it like I've learned also the power in cutting people out who are not worth my time and energy so like I'm lucky that I have like such a great support system around me so I was able to kind of navigate with them 
but it took me time. Like I had to be comfortable with myself first before I could even think about telling other people. And so that's been kind of like the main thing was like, not necessarily figuring out. Cause I, I think I knew the answer. It was just like accepting it and really figuring out what that means, you know? Yes. So it's been like a lot of just internal stuff and it's not easy takes a lot of time and like even now I'm like freaking out like I have top surgery in what five days I'm like do I actually want it I'm like yes I know I do I'm like I'm not lying to myself but it's it's like when you cut your hair you can always think like you know your hair grows back but it's like I'm removing something that I've had my entire life it does not yeah. grow back they're gone you know like it's yeah it's a just a fear it's a of a once, surgery in general can be I'm terrified of much. like medical stuff too Me so too. like <laughs> that doesn't help either yeah I'm like I don't want to get put to sleep like yeah. Freaks me out. But um, it's yeah, it's be been a great. lot of just. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's... I, I'm, I know that once I be put, I'll like just fall asleep and wake up. Like, I know that's how it works, but yeah. like, it's the like few minutes right before that, that terrify me. Yeah. That's where all the anxiety hits, but it's going to be incredible for you. I think, I think you've experienced so many of those releases of being like, almost like settling into a, a comfy couch of like, Oh, this, this is it. This yeah. Is me. And I think you had that with your hair and even just, I know for me, it's anytime I like say who I am to somebody makes me Mm -hmm. feel so good and so powerful. And I think it's going to be really powerful. I'm, I'm happy to share that very special day with you. Mickey is having top surgery on my birthday, March 11th. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And (laughs) it's in LA too. So that's cool. Yeah. It's all the way in USC. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's funny. I like how ironic that it's on the same day as your birthday. So it's a very good day. I love that. I'm going (laughs) to, I'll shoot you a little text in the morning to. Okay. Me too. I'll send you a happy birthday. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to talk about you having those conversations with hope, your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I know that, like you said, it's a very valid fear to have. And I think I eventually maybe I'll have hope on to kind of get her perspective a little bit because that is, that can be hard for the other person to her, her feelings are valid too. And her attractions are valid as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be a difficult thing where, you know, your significant other supports and loves you, but there Mm -hmm. is that fear of, are you going to want me in this version of me? How did you approach those conversations? It's another loaded question. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, is there anyone like cutting my hair? Mm-hmm. you know, she was super supportive about it. She knew how unhappy I was with it. Like we would like pull my hair back and practice like what it would look like. Aww. Um, and when I first cut it, obviously it's like a shock, you know, she's never seen me in that way before. Um, and I think she, she cried the first day, which I didn't too, because I was like, Whoa, cause it was like, you're not like, she told me, she's like, I feel like I'm cheating on you when I'm texting <laughs> you. Cause like I was, you know, I was some look different, but, um, it's, you know, like it's not, it wouldn't be right of me to get like upset with her because it makes sense that that's a new thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's a, it's a big change. And she was supportive of me from the get go. She went with me and, you know, it's now and looking back, it's like, now we both know it's like, this is truly who I am. Like looking back, like, I'm just like a foreign person mm-hmm. before, like, it's like, who is that person with long hair? Um, so when, you know, when I started talking about top surgery with her, um, I was scared, um, of like, yeah, of her losing attraction to me because like, of course, like, it's like it's part of my body, you know, and stuff, you know, she likes and she's attracted to. And so um, I think also like when 
it was hard too because when I don't fully know the answers either like I'll say I want top surgery but it's like when people start asking you questions like how'd you know all this stuff I'm like I don't know that much I just know like right now I want top surgery you know and Mm so it's like kind of also scary to go in and have those conversations but um I think it was scary to her at first because again it's like a bigger version of my hair like almost you know there's something that's changing about you and and just the fact that I'm going into surgery and stuff. And it was something that like we just talked about for before we told anybody else, before I told my family, before you know I went public about it, we would just kind of talk about it here and there. Um, and I think it took us both getting used to and both taking time to do research um, and really just kind of figure that out. It like really strengthened our relationship because like she says now, like she's never been more attracted to me because she sees me like putting myself out there and like finding you know, coming into my own and stuff. Um, um, but even when I was like, you know, I've been super open about like not keeping my nipples with ter- top surgery, which people love to like ask me about. Yeah. I have um, a lot of questions. That about was that. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get, yeah, we'll get there. Um, I love talking about it. Um, we, when I like first told her about that, like that was scary. Cause I was like, that's like, weird. You know, I was like, I keep like adding all these things. Like, Hey, I'm going to keep testing you. See if you still like me. <laughs> um, but she was like, yeah. like at first it's like, what do you mean? You don't want to keep your nipples. And then, you know, we talk about it and then it's like, oh, I guess like, you don't want it? Sure. Um, and so she's been like literally the best person in the world. I'm very lucky that, you know, I have such a good relationship and someone who really cares and loves about me and, and whatnot, but it wasn't easy in the sense for both of us, because when I'm so unhappy with myself and scared of, of myself, it makes me not the best person that I could be. You know, I can, I'm not in a good place. I'm not, I don't feel good about myself. Um, and so add that on top of like fear of me changing, you know, from her end, mm-hmm. like kind of can all like get all conflicted and stuff, but it like just took time and talking about it. And, you know, do, like I said, doing research and just really just getting on the same page and knowing that it's not, I'm going to be a better person mm-hmm. for her and for myself. And, um, at the end of the day, she knows she loves me for me. She doesn't love me for my boobs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's scary and, it, and it's new, especially when you've been together with someone for so long. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's all good now. Everything's yeah. great. Yeah. And I she can like take you- care of me and do my drinks <laughs> and stuff. Oh, <laughs> you have the best nurse in town. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to hear about the no nipple situation. Um, if it gets too candid, let me know. But I have watched your stories and you seem quite willing oh, no, to chat about I'll, it. I'll answer anything. So before your stories, I'm, again, I'm, this is why this type of representation is so important because most people just don't know about anything until they see it or experience it. Like for you seeing Kai sharing their experience and that helped you realize what you wanted. It's so important. So I'm really glad you're sharing this. Um, It is super interesting. And I didn't know that this was an option or that it was- Okay. So how did you, what led you to deciding, okay, I am having top surgery, but also no nipples. Was this the doctor recommendation? How did we hear about this? And what is the reasoning? Is it like a health thing or an aesthetic thing? Okay. Um, so I think part of why I was hesitant about top surgery at first Mm -hmm. was because for me, it's like, it's like, I feel like there's a bunch of different reasons why I want to get top surgery. Like mainly for me is like what I look like when I have clothes on, when I have shirts on, when like I get so dysphoric about seeing my boobs out or like when I'm running or something and feeling them. Um, I like, that's kind of what I care more about being flat chested than without a shirt on. Obviously, since I've gotten more comfortable now, it's like, 
it's actually kind of a cool idea to be topless. You know what I mean? But when it first happened, I was so scared. Like, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have a cis male chest. Like that wasn't, I wasn't like striving for that. I just wanted a flat chest. You know, I, mine wasn't like, I once I want that. Like if I, I was like in a, <laughs> in a perfect world, I would have no boobs, nothing there. It would just be flat, mm. you know? So You're like not wanting but, pecs. Yeah. Like okay. I have pecs, but not in the sense of like, cis male pet you know what I mean like I like I photoshopped a picture like before I really came out I talked about top surgery where I just took everything I was like I just wish I was fully flat that's a smart thing to do to like visualize okay I just like took a picture of me shirtless and took away everything and made it just erased yeah I was like I don't want anything there Mm -hmm. and so then um that's like I kind of always envisioned that like there was just nothing um so when I you know started talking about top surgery I was like part of me that was like what made me hesitant I was like I don't really want like nipples because then when I'm like shirtless like I don't know like I just didn't feel right and I was like Mm -hmm. I just didn't make me excited for top surgery and then I don't know if I saw something or I just thought about and I was like do I have to keep my nipples and then maybe I didn't reach I don't remember I think I just asked myself that and then I was like I guess I don't like I guess I don't have to I started looking up there's you know a few people I found on Instagram and stuff who haven't kept it um or haven't kept them and so I was like oh like I always envisioned having just like a fully flat chest with nothing there. And I can actually make that obviously with scars, but mm-hmm. um, I realized that like, I don't have to have that. And then, so that made me so much more comfortable because it was a choice I was making. Like, I don't need to keep my nipples. Also the recovery process is a lot easier without the nipples because mm-hmm. that's usually where people have issues. You know, they they can fall off, they can expand, they can move around and they're like tiny little like stitch, like it's a lot of maintenance mm-hmm. and a lot of the re- revision comes around nipples and so for me I was like why would I keep them when I don't even want them and like have to do all this maintenance and grow stuff mm-hmm. when I don't even want them and so it was like wow it like takes so much stress off the fact that like I just don't need to keep them and like the surgery is more straightforward they don't have to like first save the nipple and like you know all this stuff mm-hmm. they just like slice slice pull it off and like close it you know what I mean like so many less complications yeah so it was like a as it was a combination of I was like man I wish I could do it without nipples and I realized like I don't have to do it I don't have to keep them and I was like that's super cool and my friend just had top surgery they didn't keep theirs either and so that's also been helpful because I've like seen a visual of like they just had it like a month ago so I've been able to like see that too and we've you know bonded over that but um yeah it was just like I just real I was like bummed about the fact that I thought I had to keep my nipples and then when I realized I didn't have to I was like that's super cool um and I was like I guess not a lot of people talk about it. So I just started talking about it and people were really interested on it. Um, and just like, that's kind of how it went. It was like, cool, I don't need to keep my nipples. And then when I talked to my surgeon about it at my consultation, she told me that that's actually like a more common thing. Oh. Now it's like a lot of people don't keep their nipples. Also, I'm lucky that like, sometimes a nipple graft is like a separate um, code. So mm-hmm. it costs money. Mm. So like some people also don't keep their nipples to save money. My surgeon was like, also like she specifically doesn't charge her patients on nipples so she's like if it's a money thing I don't charge you for it and I was like no it's like uh, like not has nothing to do with the finances Good on but her. what a great surgeon yeah, she's not cool, make but- that part of anyone's conflict of anything yeah. that they choose to do with their body I was really scared to be like um so I don't want to keep my nipples because it's <laughs> like, also like such a gross crazy? word I feel like <laughs> yeah and she was just like oh yeah no you don't have to it's a very common thing I've done that before I was like oh cool you know make me feel really weird so that is so validating to have somebody just nonchalant be like totally that that's exactly what we'll do for you here I was like ready for like a whole spiel of like this is why I don't want to keep my nipples she was like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like sweet 
Yeah, so you so found a now. great surgeon. So is insurance covering it or what is the deal with that? How did you go Ugh. about that? Oh no. This is my stupid insurance story. Oh no. Um, like without ripping them in shreds, Do they it. have not been great. Um, so like I, like part of me like wants to say who it is. Part of me doesn't want to say who it is. Whatever like, so you I got, choose. <laughs> okay. So I have Oscar. There, so me have too. Oscar. Oh no. <laughs> You have Oscar too? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I okay. hate it. It's horrible. Don't get top surgery because they're fucking annoying about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do what you want. But so I, um, I've had, yeah, so I think it was like, when did I reach out to them? Like in September, mm-hmm. I like reached out to them. I was like, hey, uh, I want to get top surgery. Like, how do I do that? Um, and at first they, they like kind of didn't really know what I was talking about. So they like, were like, okay, we'll send you like these surgeons. And they sent me a bunch of just generic it was either just generic plastic surgeons or breast surgeons like what? people who specialize in yeah I was like no that's not what I want I was oh, like come on Oscar I was like yeah and so I called one of them and like because they told me like okay we talked to all the office they all perform this procedure you want so I was like mm-hmm. let me try it so I called one of them and I asked the office hey I want to schedule schedule an appointment to see this doctor because I'm getting this and they're like um, what is it? What are you talking about? Like, they didn't know what What? top surgery was. I was like, awesome. Cool. So then I was like, Oh Lord. All right, guys, let's start over. Like I need someone who like specializes in trans healthcare, like who does top surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, you don't have anyone in your network, yada, yada. And I was like, cool. All right. That's so weird. Um, and so like, it was this like weird back and forth where I was like trying to figure out all this stuff. And I, I was like, I found this surgeon in San Diego, um, but they're not in my network. But so I was like, I tried to fill out this like special thing where they're like, okay, we'll try to do one thing to see if they'll accept you outside your network. And they're like, you have one chance though. So I went like a month, did that thing. And then I got denied from that. So I was like, cool. So I have to do it in my network. I was like, okay, guys, what am I going to do? What? Then they found this doctor that I'm going to now. Apparently she's in my network. I don't know what took them so long to get me to her. So I found her. I went and got my consultation and everything. This has been taking like months. I got my consultation and then I'm like a month and a half out from surgery. And I was just talking with like Oscar and I was like, Hey guys, like just want to double check. You're going to cover my surgery. Right. And so like, I don't know how yours works, but like mine, I have to cover, I have to pay out of pocket up to my deductible and then the rest is covered. Um, so like, I was like, okay, well, I just want to make sure before I go into surgery that you can do this. But yeah. because like it's an outpatient, like I don't have to stay at the hospital. They, don't have to do a pre-authorization beforehand. So they just like, weren't going to inform me, but I asked them, I was like, I'm not going to have surgery. And then you guys tell me that I have to pay all this money. Absolutely. So thank God I did that because like, they like did all this stuff. And then like, literally like, right. like a few weeks before my surgery, I get a call from them. Like, Hey, sorry, we're not going to be able to cover your surgery. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I start breaking down crying. I'm like crying. I call hope. I'm like, I'm like in the middle of a writing session on my phone. Sorry. I don't know why that did that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, like, fuck this. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? Um, so then that starts this whole debacle of like, I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. They're like your letter. Cause I got a letter from a gender therapist. They're like, your letter wasn't enough for to meet our requirements. And I was like, what do you mean? So they like, they said like her qualifications weren't enough. She was just a, a marriage licensed therapist who specializes in, in gender like therapy. That whole premise of having to have somebody confirm your gender identity for right. you. That's like the fact me- that there's already a letter and mm-hmm. then there's like, then they're like, but the person writing it has to be specifically qualified. So basically I got like another letter, 
but then they denied I went to the LA Gender Center I got a letter from them they denied that one because he was a licensed social worker they're like not qualified enough I was like he literally works for the organization that you base your requirements are you off having you know what I mean like for each one of these every time you luckily getting... all of these people were free and they oh, were helpful god. to me so thank god I didn't have to write with that so then I was like oh my god okay fine I'll get my psychiatrist to write me a letter the one who literally prescribes the medication they denied that one too because he wasn't qualified enough so I was like this are you ridiculous so I have to yeah and so every time I submit a letter my surgeon has to resubmit all the documents too so like there's all this back and forth and then finally they're like you need to get someone who has like a phd who specializes in trans healthcare." and i was like okay cool like is there anyone in my network and they're like nope sorry so i had to go out of pocket like go find someone oh pay that money to get like to have an appointment with her and she wrote me a letter and then in the meantime of this when they were talking like when they were denying me it was like partly because the person writing it wasn't qualified enough but also they were like you know you haven't been on hormone therapy and i was like hey the state of care literally says you cannot deny me on that. I don't have to be on there like hormones to have my top surgery. You like that's discriminatory. Why you would you have to be? That's insane. And it's like a part of gatekeeping, and they they claim it's because it's gonna like help with your. I don't know. It's super stupid. <sighs> um. So I even like talked to the supervisor Oscar. I was like, hey, before you try to deny me on this, you cannot like put that in my paperwork. And they're like, okay, we will. So then I finally get this fourth letter with someone with a PhD. They're like, okay, cool, she's qualified but we denied you because you're not on hormone therapy. I was like, are you kidding me? I already told you in the letter. It said, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't deny me on that. I told you already. So that's when I was just like, all right, I'm literally gonna like sue them or something because they're just being so awful. And, and super, it was like very binary and like, it was all very bi- like binary at the root of it, but also just super transphobic. And, and mm-hmm. also they would misgender me all the time, even though in my letter, obviously says like what my identity is, my pronouns are. Yeah. And so like, I'm just at this point, I'm like, I'm don't want to deal with this anymore. I've been going back and forth with all these people. Like my surgeon was like, I don't know how many times we can keep resubmitting these documents. I was like, please just like stay with me. And then like, basically like a week later, I'm just like, kind of, I didn't give up. I was just kind of like, I'm frustrated. I'm going to like take a mental yeah. break from it. Um, I get a call from Oscar and they were like, oh, good news. Like we're going to actually cover your surgery now. And I was like, oh, okay, what cool. Changed? And I guess they like my like the doctor who wrote it like called them mm-hmm. and then also I bitched at them on Twitter and I think they saw it because <laughs> he also said something on like oh we saw your social media posts um, <gasps> and I was like uh-huh okay Oscar I hope you're listening now that's not enough like you don't you don't do right? that you don't treat people I that said way. like hey Oscar is I was like Oscar is super transphobic don't go with them and they replied and they're like we take these comments really seriously do you want to talk to a supervisor yada yada and I said no like thanks I, I already talked to a supervisor but you guys still deny me on stuff and you're transphobic and then so I was like not even Good. giving them time of day um yeah and so they called me and they were like we saw your, we realized we made a mistake we overlooked it that pisses um, you know, me off only once this. you make it public you they knew everything you had talked yeah. to them they heard they the just whole wanted story. me to just they wanted me to just like give up and not care mm-hmm. anymore I was like I'm not I'm getting the surgery um and then I told them I was like hey like I appreciate you finally doing it but I'm letting you know this was an awful experience and I hope that if another non-binary person comes your way you don't treat them the same way I do yeah. or that you did you cannot deny someone based off of not being on hormone therapy I told you that and you still did it and it was just like a, a lot of like small talk of like we really care about you like finally I just like got it done like it just came out of nowhere where they were like oh we made a mistake but it was not fun took a while um I mean I'm lucky that you know I finally got it around but um it took forever I started this back in September it's what March now 
What a horrible so, system they have. And how, fun. how dangerous is that? Like somebody who doesn't want to be on hormone therapy might just do it in order to get their top surgery covered. And that's someone, not Someone good. told me that they did that. Really? They were like, I went on, I got, they were like, I went on low dose testosterone just to get my top surgery. I was like, what? Fuck. That like, they want, that's they no want joke. You to, they want you to do it. Like they want you, cause if you're on like six months, they want you, they want you to push back as much as possible so that they don't have to cover your surgery. Yeah. Um, even though they literally cannot do that. And it's so frustrating because like, they like legally cannot do that. Yeah. They're just trying to, but they, work they do it trying to like, they do it assuming people don't know that they can't do that, yeah. you know, and that people are just yeah. gonna be like, ah, oh, shoot. I was like, no, I'm on to you. I'm not yeah. letting you get away with this. Yeah. Cause how many fun, people but... wouldn't push back and just be like, shit, I can't do it. Like right? my insurance isn't going to cover it. And I don't want to go on T. So here we are. Wow. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. So it was a journey, but, but here we are a couple days away, it's like a few days away. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. I'm it made me so want it almost even more though, mm-hmm. which is cool. Cause like, it made me even more aware, assured of like, when I got denied, I was like sobbing. I was like, it almost was like, now that's gone. Yeah. I realized how badly I want it. So it was like kind of helped there too. Yeah. It gave you clarity. It's kind of, I do the, uh, the coin toss, uh, little trick of, if you can't decide between two things, obviously don't do this for something as serious as top surgery. I'm using this <laughs> for very minor things. But like, if I can't decide what I want to eat, you flip a coin, assign it one way. And then it's, you have to think about what your heart really wants when that coin's mm-hmm. in the air. Are you like hoping it lands heads yeah. or tails? Oh yeah. So a very mild, yeah, it's very mild. Like, do, you wanna, uh, do I want to cut version. off my arm and then you like flip it and you're like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's like, you're like, well, the coin, the universe told me I had to. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you went through the craziness and hopefully you helped educate Oscar and other insurance companies because that's just bullshit how difficult it is. It's ridiculous. Like every insurance company should have an entire department to understanding every nuance of anyone's health needs. And that's just ridiculous. The fact that they were sending you to like random plastic surgeons. Yeah. I was like, I already told you what I'm looking for. And they're like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm not even going to try. And it's funny too, when they market themselves as like a young person's insurance, I'm like, exactly. It's like, oh, you're not really getting it. Yeah. No, no. Well, I need to switch insurance companies now. So yeah, it's okay. I've been, I've been wanting to, it's not, it's, you didn't single-handedly ruin their company, but maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Okay. So we have a segment on the show where people send in advice questions. It could be on any topic. And because my wonderful guests are so well-versed on so many topics, I give you an opportunity to kind of give some advice to somebody who needs it. Awesome. Hey, Cammie. Hey, Cammie. <laughs> Sorry, that was a weird beginning because I didn't know if it had started yet. Um, but hey, my name is Sarah, and I wanted to ask for some advice on not getting so caught up and like not totally obsessive, but just really liking someone too quickly. It's something I've struggled with my whole life, even when you know I know I'm so great by myself and I do these things by myself and I know I don't need anyone. When I meet a new like potential romantic partner, I just get like swept away with feelings and thoughts and, you know, I can, I can regulate them pretty well, but, um, it's just like an underlying feeling of trying to fight off the crazy. (laughs) Um, so I guess just some advice on how to not 
feels so wrapped up in someone so quickly after you start talking to them. Thanks. Bye. Ooh. All right. What you got for them. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is I am that person. I get obsessed (laughs) with people. I was obsessed with Hope when I first met her. Obviously, it turned out great. But like Mm -hmm. I, my that was like my mom's biggest concern. She was like, I know you really get obsessed with people. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, So, but like, I think what would be helpful like in their situation is like, like obviously it's easier said than done, but really realizing the value you have as yourself, as a person individually, mm-hmm. like you can't love your, if you don't love yourself, how are you? Like I, I, you, you can't, you know, as cheesy as that sounds, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? Yeah. Like you don't need another person to complete you. You don't, you like, you should be able to find that comfort in that, in, you know, you know, feeling whole as yourself without needing another person, you know, like Hope yeah. and I are madly in love and are a great couple together, but we're also strong individuals. And like, obviously, like if she left, my whole world would be ruined <laughs> and a hole would be there. But I'm also still myself. Like I'm still mm-hmm. my own person. You know, it's like it's like a healthy way of, you know, having someone in your life who, you know, helps you grow and makes you feel loved and is there for you. But also like that hole that you're having, sh- like you are capable of feeling that and like. You know, I think like just like focusing on like what who you are as a person and what really you want in life, and then like that person can be a complimentary thing, but like they don't make you. Exactly. So don't give them that power. Those people yeah. don't need that power. Mm-hmm. You know, and also like it, I've learned the hard way by falling or not falling, but like getting obsessive with people too quickly. Most of the time, they end up hurting me because I'm like I'm blind to all this stuff because I'm like, oh, they're so great, and then they're like an asshole. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're great on your own without somebody else. Those people are extra like you're you're your best self when it's yourself totally I 100% agree I think I also notice I even feel like I have I've had certain friends who I notice not even like romantic relationships but just get obsessed with new people very easily like a new friend and I think a lot of times you're not seeing that person for who they are and it's you're you're doing a disservice to them as well because yeah. you're creating this idea of who somebody is in your head rather than letting them be who they are and there's mm-hmm. no way to not be disappointed in those situations even if they're better than what you made them in your head or different they're never going to live up to exactly who that person is and it's you're kind of setting the relationship up for failure because you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to get to know them for who they are. You're just kind of like, Oh, this person's amazing and holding them up here and not letting them just be who they are. And I think that can cause a lot of issues. So I think like really good point. Yeah. I've, I've I've just watched, I've done it. I've watched people do it. And then it's hard. It's hard to like retrain your brain to see somebody for who they really are. Once you've created this, perception of them. Yeah. But yeah, I think your point's so great. Like you have to, you're, you can always be working on yourself. You can always want to improve, but you have to be whole. It's like you and your partner don't make a whole. It's like two completed pieces that just complement each other really, really well, but you're yeah. fully functioning and perfect on your own. And then, like you said, it's like a lot of pressure for that person. If like, you're mm-hmm. expecting that they're going to fill this void yeah. and they don't do that. It's like, setting everyone up for a disaster (laughs) yeah like as like deep as it can go like yeah like I think it's I think it's okay to like not obsess like it's not necessarily the healthiest thing to obsess over people but I also like 
not get like excited. A bad thing, you know, like, <laughs> um, I think like for me also, like I like haven't had like a lot of really strong relationships. So like mm-hmm. anytime there's someone who shows potential to do that, I'm like, this might be the person I was waiting for, you know, type thing. Totally. And so, um, I think like that's also kind of where mine comes from. Also, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking cancer. So I don't yeah. know what else. Yeah, I'm a Pisces. Water signs over here. Yeah, yeah. we're both. Uh, yeah, we're we're the worst people to ask. <laughs> yeah, like we're maybe like, the worst emotional. question could have. Yeah, give it to us. We're like, um, <laughs> no, just be obsessed. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think one more piece of advice on that is don't neglect your current friends, family, job, passions for mm-hmm. a new person. I think a mm-hmm. lot of times t- type of people who get very obsessed with a new person often neglect what brings them happiness and they just throw everything into this person because they like want to latch onto them and keep them as long as they can. I think it's like, you should continue to live your life. And if that person doesn't easily flow into it, then maybe that's not the right. Exactly. Like there's so many people on this planet. Like you're going to find that person that like you will find, like you'll find that person who like doesn't make you have to change something about yourself in order for it to work like that. Your compatible person is out there. You know, you don't need to change change yourself and fit this mold just like try to force this relationship to work a hundred percent I think we did it we did that was great advice. I think I think <laughs> an answer is somewhere in that these sensitive water signs aren't the best for this one but we did like, our please best obsess over me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like, yeah we're like what's wrong with that <laughs> yeah I'm like I want to be that person <laughs> like I want you to be that person to me come on everybody yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Mickey, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. Can you let the people know where to find you, where to hear some music, how to keep up with you and your journey throughout life? Ooh, thank you. First off, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I like, I, I love, you know, being able to share my story and sharing, you know, if I can help somebody um, or their family or just mm-hmm. some stranger, Mm-hmm. It's like what I want to do because I know that helped me. If I didn't have representation, yeah. I wouldn't be here. Like I wouldn't be in this position I am right now. Yeah. My phone is like freaking out. It's like, you're going to die. Um, I'm back. There we go. Um, yeah. I'm like, you know, Instagram, I think is like what I use the most. It's just like my name, Mickey Ratsula. Um, and then my music is on Spotify and Apple music and literally wherever you listen to music. And um, yeah, I've got an album coming out this year and singles coming out. So like, I've got a lot of music coming out this year. It's just being finalized after I get top surgery and recover from all that. But um, hopefully within a few months, I'll be able to have the first song out. And um, yeah, it's just literally wherever you look up people, I'm probably there. Um, <laughs> like, I think I'm, I'm on literally the only, yeah, I'm like on all of it. Like I'm, I think I'm <laughs> literally the only Mickey Ratsula to exist. So I'm like yeah, pretty easy to find. That is yeah, helpful. So I am, I am everywhere and, you know, I'm just continuously working on making new music and I have current music out there and just a lot of stuff is coming just like, just falling into place right now. Yeah, but it will, it will be there eventually. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Everyone stay tuned. I will also put Mickey's info in the description of the show so you can easily find all of those links and I will talk to you all next week.